At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Guys, this is Nina Perret. This is Talk No Sugar Added. Thank you for being here with us. As you know, I try to go around the planet finding the best humans I can find to come on here and grow, challenge, and transform your thinking. And I found Robert Cujo Chesner. Chesner, did I say that right? That's right, Chesner. Chesner. Okay. And he is a retired F 15 and F 22 fighter pilot. He is also a former F 15 weapons school instructor, the U.S. Uh, Air Force's Top Gun School, F 22 fighter squadron commander, a senior joint staff officer, and a combat veteran. And he has overcome so many obstacles. So I wanted to have him on here so that he could share how he's doing, how he's impacting other people's lives, is what he's been through. And you're also an author. Author, right, Cujo? That's right. Yes, I'm so glad we're here. Say yeah. again. We've got one book out. We've got another one coming out in the spring, and hopefully another one in the summer as well. Oh wow! So you're writing crazy. All right, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so, um, Robert, the way I like to start is like really quick. I do a little intro, but I like you to introduce yourself to my audience. Uh, just tell us a little bit more about you. Yeah, you're looking at somebody who went, you know, at the age of four, when I saw Star Wars for the first time, wanted to be a fighter pilot. And uh, I got a chance to live my dream. So I'm one of the lucky ones out there that figured out what uh, what he wanted to do and, and, and got a chance to do it. And um, mm -hmm. I was somebody that, um, that along the way had a lot of great nurturing. I had so many fantastic people looking out for me and helping me along the way and molding me into who it was that I became. And... Um, I'm very, very appreciative for all of that. And then all of a sudden I had a bit of an inflection point. I uh, got hit with colorectal cancer oh. and uh, it kind of changed, uh, it changed everything for us. The body didn't work the way it was designed to, couldn't do the things that I loved to do and spent some time trying to figure out who am I and you know, wh where do I fit in, <clears throat> which led me to probably some of the best 
experiences of my life, which all come after I did what it was that I thought I was here to do. And now I get a chance to talk about that all over the planet. So, um, so that's me in a nutshell. Yeah. Wow. That's a big nutshell. So let's, let's break that apart a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, I mean, first of all, you are one of the lucky ones to know what you want to do at the age of four and to actually get to do that is phenomenal. Right. And then to, to be a, um, a you know a, a former a weapon school instructor and a fighter pilot and all that that is like a, a lot of little boys dream right so for you to be able to do that must have been phenomenal how did that feel like you know like getting into that and and literally living that dream well <clears throat> I will say that uh, all the way along the way I always question whether I really uh, deserved to be where it was that I was, you know, and it's, I think many of us kind of struggle sometimes with that. Uh, in my case, as I was evolving, for me, it was always a bit of a challenge. Like I was, I was probably the last person in my class to get accepted to the Air Force Academy. And I say that because I have my resignation or my, my declination letter, whatever, the one that says, congratulations, you didn't make it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have one of those. It didn't even say try again. And I, I didn't find out I was going to go to basic training until a few weeks before basic cadet training started, which means a bunch of people had to turn down their appointments to the Air Force Academy for me to get my acceptance. So I think I was the tail end Charlie of my class. And there were multiple experiences even there where it could have been the end of the road for me. And, mm. you know, I, I make it through and then I go through F-15 school and I uh, came one mission away from being kicked out of the program. I mean, in one week, I went from being an outstanding student to I'm on an elimination ride. And, oh, wow. you know, and so there's there's a few of those things along the way, which caused me while I was going through it to one, be incredibly grateful for the fact that I was even there to begin with. Uh, two, not take anything for granted along the mm-hmm. way. And three, you know, uh, when, when I got accepted to be a student at our weapon school. And just to put it in the context, I mean, this is the Air Force Top Gun program. And so all the right. things you saw from Maverick and Goose and all of that, that applies in the Air Force system as well. And as I was driving out there, I went pretty much confident that I'd be kicked out soon once they figured out that I really wasn't that good. <laughs> so so I, um, so, so all of that is to say that whenever anybody thanks me for my service, or when, when folks say nice things, I go, I'm just as grateful for it as you are. And I'm so, mm. so, so profoundly blessed to have been part of any of that. Uh, it's one thing to dream it. It's another thing to actually get a chance to live it. And I am indeed one of the lucky ones on so many levels. Yeah. Wow. That that's really powerful. Right. Because, you, I mean, so you went through your ups and downs even while you were doing that process. And uh, was there like was there like uh, something you were struggling with that you had gone from the top of your class to to almost being kicked out or feeling like you're being kicked out or it was just the program itself? Sometimes you get you get a little bit unlucky. You know, I yeah. um, on one mission, I made an egregious mistake that neither my instructor or I noticed until we got into our debrief. And once we figured it out, it was like, oh, no. And then the next mission where I'm trying to, to, uh, to atone for my egregious mistake, I immediately over G'd my airplane the very first time that I turned. Mm-hmm. I pulled two, two, you know, more than nine times the force of gravity. The airplane doesn't like that because you've done two bad things in a row. Now that the syllabus says that equals elimination ride. So you can oh, go wow. from being on top of the world to, you know, potentially kicked out of the program in the span of a like couple that. of days. Yeah. And I remember thinking at the time, my, my, um, my commander, 
pulled me into his office. He's like, listen here, it's going to be okay. The same thing happened to my roommate when we were learning how to fly the F-15. And, you know, now he's a weapons school graduate. And I remember thinking, well, la-di-da, that's great for him. <laughs> you know, but, but, uh, but I'm a different story. And, and this, this really hurts. Why even mention any of this? You know, why even talk about these kinds of things? One of the things that I've noticed as I've gone through my life, Nina, is that, you know, we've got a, we've got the exterior side of us, you know, the, the, the public messaging side of us that says mm-hmm. oh, everything's great, you know, on top of the world, blah, blah, blah. Somebody asks you how you're doing. The answer is immediately, I'm fine. I'm great. You know, never mm-hmm. been better, <laughs> which yeah. is part of the mask that we put on to shield <clears throat> ourselves from acknowledging publicly that maybe things aren't always going that great. Mm-hmm. And I uh, definitely suffered that affliction uh, a time or two in my life. Yeah, I mean, you know, and also, um, well, I mean, you are in the military, right? So a lot of times you learn that exterior too. My, my husband's a, a retired army. Uh, so, you know, he has the same thing. How are you doing? Good. Inside, he's like, not good, <laughs> you know, but uh, I think that has a, a double maybe because you're men as well. Right. And sometimes men are also not being um, really encouraged to touch their, you know, their feelings or what they're going through, what they're thinking about. Right. They don't want to seem weak or that they want to seem like they are not confident. So you, you have that double whammy. Right. You're a man and you're in the military. So there you go. Talk about tough times. That's um, right. Yeah. Were you in were you um, in the military for a long time? I was the Air Force Academy. Those four years don't count towards your uh, towards your service time, um, but it was probably the most military that I've ever been, actually. Uh, but then I served for twenty years on active oh, duty. Oh. Yep, okay. <clears throat> made it to the rank of colonel. Had a very very fulfilling existence, and uh, was on a very very good path uh, when I got sick. Yeah, I wanted to touch a little bit on that if you're open to it. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, so you were already in the military for 20 years when you got sick? I was. Yes. In oh, fact, wow. I was. I was uh, doing um, a non-flying assignment in Stuttgart, Germany. I was supposed to only be there for one year before I come back to the F-22, uh, and now in a senior leadership kind of commander capacity, depending on how things float out. So. Uh, the, the career the career path was going brilliantly and then I had some I had some signs that maybe my body wasn't doing as well as we would hope it was mm-hmm. it would do I uh, went in to see the doctor the doctor said you're young you're fit you're fine uh, I said that sounds great to me right. uh, my wife wasn't too happy with that diagnosis uh, she asked me to get a second opinion I grudgingly did so that doctor said you're young you're fit you're fine but I'll be essentially um, I'll be looked at kind of weird if I don't if I don't send you to somebody to go to get this thing checked out. So, you know, I grudgingly send you to go get this thing checked out, which on my yeah. side, I said, well, if you're that opposed to me going and doing this, then I'm just not going to. So I sat okay. for a while and um, it took some serious cajoling. My wife was the instigator of me taking action on my symptoms. And oh, my goodness, we're so very, very fortunate that I finally listened. Uh, because I was going yeah. to say, you probably can't get away with not listening anymore. That's no, for sure. No, <laughs> no, it's, it's funny. Nina. I, I had a, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the movie, Charlie and the 
uh, Willy Wonka and the, and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, yeah. That's my favorite movie, yeah. At the very end of the thing, uh, Willy Wonka says to Charlie, you lose, you get nothing. Good day, sir, if you recall. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had that I had that clip lined up on my phone, and mm -hmm. I was going to play it as soon as, as soon as I got the clean bill of health. Oh, and, and and so I'm coming. I'm I'm still kind of groggy when the, when the doctor says, you know, Mr. Teshner, I regret to inform you, we found a huge tumor in your lower colon, oh. and I, I fear what the consequences are. And I was still, I was still groggy enough to kind of be thinking in a funny, you know, mindset. Nice. And I'm like, do I still play the clip? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but not towards you, right? You got to. Yeah, and I'm like, wait a second, maybe it should be towards. So anyway, I put the thing back in my pocket. I'm like, okay, so uh, so you're saying that I'm not doing so well, huh? Mm. And that's that's that hard. That's yeah, hard. That how did how did you feel? Because that's a diagnosis that you know immediately you think of uh people that you might have known that passed away or you know stories that you've heard so that's a you know thank god i've never had to have that you know story come my way and hopefully i never will so what was that feeling um when you got that news yeah so here's here's what's really interesting to me about this entire experience my wife what she was like five or six months pregnant with our fourth child when we got this diagnosis mm -hmm. she you know She's got some stress in her life. I haven't eaten for the last two days, you know, with the prep for the colonoscopy. With the prep, yeah. So what, the first thing was we were both starving. And we <laughs> we decided to go downstairs in the building to the lobby of the building to have some lunch. It was a beautiful day in downtown Stuttgart. And, I mean, we just got this horrible news. Mm -hmm. We don't know if I've got days or weeks or months to live. And the first thing that we do is we go address the fact that we're, <laughs> we're starving. Because okay? so we're sitting down there. And it's a it's a funky lunch. It's a, just a very very funky lunch. Um, but I, I remember telling her and having this conversation with her. I said, you know, one of the things that I really appreciate about being a fighter pilot is is that when everything starts to fall apart, we tend to stay pretty calm, and we tend yeah. to choose how it is that we're going to address um, the outcome. And you know, if you're out there flying a mission and you end up losing a team member, you know, they have to go back early because. You got an electrical problem or a fuel leak or something. You don't start going, oh, no, you know, there's no hope. You know, all is lost. Right. Well, you can't do that. Yeah, because, I mean, it just is what it is. And you, and you can't hit pause. and You got to keep on going. And so if I were to summarize our ethic, I'd say we'd say the story just got better. Like the story that we're going to tell Friday night at roll call where we tell stories about the week. It just got better. Like it's. It's one thing to win when there's four of you. It's something else to win when there's only three of you. Mm. And so I said, you know, however this thing plays out, I think our story just got better. As, as odd as it is to say this right now, I think it just got better. We need to catch up with that and make sure that that's indeed the case. And she bought, wow. she bought into that 100%. And so mentally, we both adjust our mindsets that afternoon at lunch to make wow. sure we lived our story got, got better. And I attribute that to what it was that helped us to be resilient in a fighter squadron when things started to fall apart. Yeah, I was going to ask you, do you attribute it to that? Because that's not a normal response. Or maybe you were still high off the anesthesia. No, no that stuff had worn off, I can assure you. It had definitely worn off. And the reality of what we were faced with was was pretty stark. Yeah. 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 What was the, what, what, what happened next? Like, what, what's your journey from that point, right? Because now not only are you going to battle this thing and um you know battling cancer is is it's a, it's a whole nother animal right mm -hmm. 
But it must also have you questioning now your identity, right? Because I'm assuming that this is going to affect now your work, right? Because you're in the military. So it's going to affect your work. And that's been your identity for 20 plus plus years because you've been wanting to do this since you were a kid, right? That's so what right. was next? What what um, what was your next step from that day? Yeah, so we, we, we went very tactical very quickly. I mean, we had to organize, you know, where do we have the surgery? Do you mm-hmm. excise this tumor? Where do you do it? Do you go back to the States? Do you do it here? Do you do it at the, you know, Army base, the Air Force base? Do you do it on the economy? So we found ourselves in the midst of all of those questions, which kept us busy. And I think that was a very important piece. And then once we got through uh, the two surgeries and recognized just how broken the body was, we made some bigger strategic decisions like let's retire now, let's fall back on a place in the United States where it's closer to family so that we've got Mm -hmm. some some support and backing. And um, we did that part pretty quickly. And then then there's the nasty question of how do you provide for your family when your body doesn't work properly? And so that, that probably took us into the low point of the whole experience, which was, mm-hmm. you know, what do you do? Like, what, what job do you take when you can't fly, when you can't, when you're, when you're stuck close to a bathroom at all times because yeah. you depend on your body? And all of that uh, led to some introspection. And as, as we were going through various iterations and, and taking different jobs and, and watching things kind of fall apart a little bit um, professionally, just like, you know, where, where I thought I was going to be compared to where I was, yeah there was no comparison. Uh, I started hunting for my core. Why? Like, you know, why am I here? Like, what, what do I bring to the, to the, to the earth? How do I contribute? And if if the answer is no longer as clear as it once was, if I'm, if I'm not here to be a fighter pilot, then then I've I've really got to think this thing through again. And ultimately what we stumbled on after just agonizing over this for a while, and it was while I was selling mortgage loans as a mortgage loan um, originator, uh, for a small brokerage here in the St. Louis area, realized that I was given the gift. In all of my time in, in uniform as a member of the Armed Forces of the United States, I was given a gift of understanding what it looks like to be on a real team, to be part of a high-performance team, mm-hmm. and to learn how to lead those kinds of teams. And um, and then I thought about you know how how society views fighter pilots, maybe a little bit arrogant, some, some, some negatives, but there's also this, Hey, that's, that's kind of cool. you got a chance to yeah. go up there and zip along and expose your body to all these forces and all these speeds and to do some pretty amazing things that are somewhat unfathomable when you're only on, on planet earth. Mm-hmm. And I thought maybe, maybe I was that to do whatever phase two of my life. Could mm. Maybe that was actually the springboard into who it is that I'm, really supposed to be that's powerful and once once my wife and i came to that conclusion it it started opening doors for us and it really fired us up it it motivated us tremendously and we saw that there was so much good ahead of us Mm. and and we were we were passionate about achieving it the other thing that came from it nina is you know for the entirety of my time as a fighter pilot i was focused on teaching teamwork principles to my fellow fighter pilots as an instructor at the weapons school, one of the things we do is teach how do you lead mm-hmm. in combat? How do you do the things that we're called on to do? And we've got very specific ways that we teach to make that happen. We're very effective at it. What I found interesting in this introspection was there was an artificial divide between my work life and my private life. 
And the team principles that worked in my work life, I didn't even think about applying in my private life. And one mm. of the things that cancer kind of caused my wife and I to reflect on is, are we the most effective family team that we could be? And if not, what principles <laughs> might good. we apply to become so good. a performance family team? And so here in, in part two of life, our primary ambition is to be an outstanding family team. We've got five kids. 16, 13, 10, 7, and 4. Those are the ages right now. Uh, that's and awesome. So if, we're not, if we're not concentrated there, and if our family team is, is suffering because we're, we're neglecting it or we're not pouring into it as much as we ought to be, then we've done something significantly wrong. So that's team number one. And then I'll teach mm -hmm. team principles elsewhere uh, that we use at home. And that's one of the biggest upsides of the disruption that we yeah. have colorectal cancer. You know, um, what's interesting is before you told me about the the team, the family dynamic of being a team, I was going to comment on the fact that since you started your story, you've kept using we when you were explaining everything. We needed to think about the job I, the job we were going to do. We needed to, and we, and we, and I'm like, that is so interesting. I caught that immediately. I was like, it's so interesting that he's saying, I needed to find a way to take care of my family. I needed to find a job. You kept saying we, and I'm like, huh, it's really great. I love that. So I, I, I could see that it is part of your ethos. It is what you do. You are really a team. You, you talked, the way you just talked to me and my audience was that there was no separation between you and them. That's awesome. That's awesome, Robert. Listen, I like that kind of stuff. <laughs> I'm a slow learner. You know? I'm, a, I'm a very, very slow learner. And, and it took, it took going through all of that pain and all of the challenge and all of the, all of the emotions and whatnot to realize that when everything became as dark as it could possibly be, the, Truly, mm. the only people that I could rely on to stay consistent, to love me through it all, were my wife and kids. I mean, I, I remember there was a day we went to the to the post office at the Army base where we were assigned to. And um, it was early on after the diagnosis. Everybody knew that, that Cujo had gotten cancer. And uh, there was only two cars parked at the post office, ours and then one of my coworkers who, uh, who had to pull in behind us. You know, and as I got out of my car, it was kind of a snowy day. I looked over and I kind of waved, you know, hey, co-worker. And the co-worker uh, and family member both looked away. And I remember in that moment thinking, gosh, gosh, do I feel so alone right now? Like, I mean, I'm even being ignored by people that, that I spend every day with. And, I, and it wasn't because they were trying to be mean. It was because they didn't know what to say. Like, they truly were at a loss. And so it was just easier to avoid. The folks that didn't avoid me were my wife and my kiddos. And even mm. when I was at the grouchiest, I mean, you think about a GI surgery times two. It yeah. doesn't do you any favors and the nausea and all the follow on, you know, whatever. Uh, the kiddos, they were so empathetic. The kiddos mm. who had every reason, to, you know, to kind of look at the world differently. Uh, they were so kind. And so if I if I were to forget that ever, oh, my right. God. <laughs> Whoa, to me. So, Whoa, so yeah. uh, I just, I, yeah. all I can tell you is I'm, I'm so incredibly blessed to have the family that I do and together we aim. In fact, we look at, you know, the work that I do now is, is still a family affair. Like we agree on what it is that I'm going to go off and do. We agree on how hard it is that I'm going to work. We agree on what mm -hmm. it is to say no to, to buy a space, to be a family. And that's a pretty cool thing that we do post-cancer that we didn't do beforehand that I wish we had. Right. 
Right. Oh, man, that's so good. So all of these obstacles in your life really just caused more, um, more blessing, really, right? So how are you today? Because you seem well, I mean, I don't know you that well, but I can see you through the camera. You seem well to me. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, latest checks are good. Uh, don't live in fear. I mean, our expectation is, oh, you know, who knows what, what's going to happen in the future. And we're not in control of any of that. All we mm -hmm. can do is is take what we've got and make the most of it. That was the promise that I made uh, to the big guy upstairs is that whatever time I've got left, I'm going to max perform. I'm going to make the mm -hmm. most of it so that I feel like I've done good with what I've been blessed with and really be intentional about that. And that's been working out, I think, and especially in a very disruptive world, uh, it's, been, mm -hmm. it's been working out pretty well for Team Teshner. So full of gratitude for the fact that we've got this opportunity. And then the other piece about this is, Nina, as we're experiencing right now, I used to be very closed off, guarded. You know, I, I had the public persona, mm -hmm. uh, what I really felt, you know, I kept on the inside. And, and I asked myself in the hospital, like, how does that serving anybody? And maybe, maybe there's something to being open and to sharing some vulnerability with the world so that somebody else who, who thought or who currently thinks like I once did can learn from my experience, well, maybe it's worth getting that check that I really don't want to do, or maybe it's worth yeah. listening to somebody whose advice I appreciate, but I just don't want to follow right now because maybe I don't want to end up like Cujo did. Right. Uh, and, you know, and that doesn't happen unless I speak up about it. Right. Wow. That's so good. So uh, tell me about what Cujo is doing right now. What, what are you doing? What do you do right now? Uh, because you, you've shifted uh, you've, you've definitely focused on your family, which is phenomenal. So, um, you've also now recreated yourself in a different way, right? So what is it that you do at this moment? Yeah, so when I was working, uh, as a mortgage loan officer, it just kind of struck me that my passion wasn't in that line of work. It was great work. There was actually some really good things that we were doing with the mortgage loan as a tool to help change people's lives for the better. But at the end of the day, it wasn't who I am. And my body was in the process of healing throughout that. And I got to the point where I, I was willing to test going on a commercial airliner again and flying someplace where I'm kind of trapped in an aluminum tube for a while. And, and so I started doing that. I started taking my message out to the world. Part of the message mm -hmm. is how do you build a real team? Like there's an idea of what a team could be. There's mm -hmm. a, the, the, the practical reality of what most of our teams are. And most of the time I see that there's a gap there. So reaching back into my previous life, I wanted to teach and I wanted to teach in an, in an area where I could do good. And, and in my reflections, I realized that small business is a tough place to do well. I mean, so many small businesses don't survive to year five. Right. And so my, my, my theory was, is that if we can teach what it is that allows us to survive disruption in the, in the fighter domain into businesses that deal with the same kinds of disruptions, people aren't shooting at you, but it's still volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous, then maybe we can help more businesses to survive. If they do, the economy remains strong. If that's the case, then we can afford the defense that we've got. And so that ties to my core purpose right now. Then we've expanded the company, BMAX Group. So now I've got a team that's out there doing this work to serve that same purpose. So we, follow that purpose and it drives us forward and then then you got the family that buys into it as well and they say yes dad you need to go out there and teach this so it's motivational keynote speeches all the way down to corporate training um that has that has fueled the passion now and allows me mm -hmm. to go back and the things that 
wherever the pictures are, <laughs> the things that we used to teach back there, we're teaching now through my company. And it's so rewarding, Nina. I bet you it is because you're still impacting lives. You're still helping people. You're still, you know, and maybe it's in a different way, but it's still the, you know, still the same outcome where somebody's being helped. That's and right. that's a really powerful thing. So that's really great, Robert. I really enjoyed uh, having this conversation with you. You are a phenomenal human being. So this was great. Uh, I'm not Thank a phenomenal you. human being, Nina. I just, as a slow learner, have recognized <laughs> how abundantly blessed I've been throughout the course of my life. And I intend to max perform the rest of it, whatever time frame right. that is. So that's it. And, yeah. and the other part about it is, is that I've been around outstanding human beings for the entirety of my professional career. I've looked up to them uh, all the way through. I consider myself incredibly grateful and blessed to have hopefully learned a bit from them, but I've still got a long way to go to become one of them. <laughs> I don't know about that, Robert. <laughs> I, I, but then again, I'm looking at you, right? We don't always look at ourselves in the same way somebody else sees them. I see you as a really great guy. I see the kind of work that you're doing. I hear your story and it inspires me. And I know that my audience is listening and it, they're going to be inspired as well. It shows people that no matter where you come from and what you thought your identity was, doesn't mean that it can't change. Right. And it doesn't That's mean right. that you can't take all of the experiences, everything you've had, all the evidence in your life and use it to move forward. You know, some people think I don't know anything. I'm not smart enough. I'm not whatever. Yeah. You've survived up to this point. You're smart enough because you've survived, right? That's and that's what you're right. showing them, you know? I mean, you're showing them your skill set, but you're also showing us by your story that you don't need to be stuck. There's no reason for you to think you're not valid, you know, that you are not worthy or don't have validation because you do. Um, so Robert, I, I thank you for your service. And I really I thank you for your time here. And I also, before I let you go, I would like... Um, because my audience is broad and I have so many different types of people with businesses, small businesses, large, whatever, I would like them to know how to reach out to you. So can you give us some of your um, information, like your website or your social media handles, anything like that? Absolutely. Before I do that, though, thank you for what you contributed to our nation as okay. the spouse of an Army veteran. Thank you for his service, for thank sure, you. and all the things that he brought to bear uh, to keep our, our great nation free. And then thank you for what it is that you're doing right now through straight okay. talk, no sugar added. Um, in terms of your question to me, you can find me on LinkedIn at Robert Teschner, um, or you can find us at vmaxgroupllc.com, V-M-A-X-G-R-O-U-P-L-L-C.com. And you can see exactly what it is that we're doing and how it is we're bringing it to bear uh, to help to help small business to thrive and disruption. I love it. I love it. There's so many small businesses now, Robert, especially with, you know, everything that's happened in the shift in our world, that's right. you know, for these last couple of years. So they need the help, these small businesses, and they're trying to grow and they're trying to be organic. Uh, so I'm glad that you're doing that. I'm glad you're pouring into them. Thank you for that. That's awesome. Yes. I'm so <laughs> glad we had this conversation. Thank you. Same here, Nina. <laughs> thank you. And guys, thank you so much for spending this time with us. Now you heard what a, I know he said he's not phenomenal. I think he is a phenomenal human 
human being. Make sure that you follow him. I'll make sure to link all of his information below. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share because that's the way we keep growing our community. This is Nina Perez, and this is Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. Until next time. This broadcast is brought to you by Winject Studios. We are an all-in-one educational platform for podcasters that revolutionizes how hosts leverage content to increase engagement with listeners, downloads, and income. We come together to focus on community, collaboration, and collective impact. For more information on how you can interact directly with our hosts, access exclusive live content with offers you can't get anywhere else from our official partners, join our purpose-driven community by visiting www.winject.com. If you're ready to build a career doing what you love, then we're ready to see you there. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.